episode 202 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Hello. Tonight, we are going to freestyle what this means for <laughs> the uh, our third decade. Decade? Third century. Third century. Decades, ten centuries, a hundred. Don't know what you're talking gotcha. about, but go ahead. For episodes 200 through 300, we're going to wing some freestyle episodes. Tonight is the first of those freestyle episodes. We have a handful of topics that each of us have some things to say. I like about. that word. This is the new thing. We're just going to freestyle from now into infinity. Like, we didn't well, talk about this topic no. for three hours prior to doing this well also contrary to what anyone may think we do have a plan going into these episodes yeah and even chaos is planned chaos <laughs> for the McSauce podcast matt laughs because it's true <laughs> so before we get into tonight's freestyle we do housekeeping with the intro mcsauce.com the comic strips are there the the reviews are there. The podcast is there. Go to Facebook.com. Type in McSauce. Type in McSauce. And I dare you to type in McSauce anywhere on social media. You will get our beautiful faces, our lovely comic strips, this podcast, all kinds of different things. You can do it on YouTube. You can do it on Instagram, Twitter. Type in McSauce. Hashtag McSauce. You're going to get something that you like. So go ahead. Go ahead. I challenge you, readers and listeners and viewers, do all that stuff. So why don't we jump into the actual podcast. What are we going to talk about tonight? Are we going to talk about a little Black Panther trailer that came out an entire month ago, according to Matt? It was three weeks ago. It was three weeks ago. It was a We may talk a little Baby Driver tonight. Spoilers. Ahoy. If you haven't seen Baby Driver yet. We may talk a little Marvel Legacy, and holy crap, is that company circling the drain. Is it? Because it's still making a lot of money. Being a DC fan, I like to think it's circling the drain. Ah, the underdog mentality. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I like the color blue, DC's logo is blue. Mm. So, Black Panther? Let's start with Black Panther. Uh, the trailer came out a few weeks ago. Um, due to... Episode 200, it got bumped. Due to special guests, it got bumped. But here we are, talking Black Panther tonight. Who's who's really excited about Black Panther? I'm not all that excited about Black Panther. After seeing that trailer, that didn't get you a little bit excited? I've watched that trailer a handful of times. Yeah. Um, I saw Black Panther in person in Civil War. Oh, like he walked right. up to you and shook your head and shook, shook your head? head. I don't know. <laughs> he, shook, he shook your head around. <laughs> I, is, I that ex- what, is that what they do in Wakanda? Absolutely. I, ex- I extended my hand and he shook your head like a uh, brave warrior, <laughs> brave said, podcaster. I said T'Challa, and he grabbed my head and he shook it about. <laughs> uh, like I don't know. I feel like I should be. I feel like I should be more excited about Black Panther. I'm a, I don't know if it's beca- I don't know if it's because I'm not familiar with the source material, if I don't really just care about the character, or if I'm like yeah, 
another Marvel movie that's just going to be another Marvel movie. I saw Doctor Strange. There was some hype around Doctor Strange, but I feel that all the hype around Doctor Strange was muted a bit. And when I watched it, I was like, yeah. The hype was muted? Yeah, it was like, oh, I, I like Doctor Strange. This was... This this thing was cool about it. But then it was like, oh, what'd you have for lunch today? It wasn't like, holy shit, well, did you see Civil War? Did you see Avengers? Like, did you see Guardians? It wasn't like, oh my god, this movie. It was like, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was a Marvel movie. It was good. When you put out... Speaking four movies a year or three movies a year, you're going to have some low-key moments right there, ha- there has to be like yes. something at the at the top right like they yeah. can't all be you know some well, are we kick, be better than others we kicked the summer off with guardians we speaking were all of guardians for that it, is it just me or are you starting to get the sense that people are the general consensus is pretty down on guardians like after it's kind of sat with them for a while now that really, wonder no. woman's come out people the buzz on Spider-Man's really positive. It's kind of like Guardians is the the one, kind of like the the Age of Ultron well, of this summer. Uh, if oh. you're gonna, whoa, whoa, if you're, whoa. Shots that's fired. That's silly. If, I don't know. I if you're them about the same. Oh well, yeah, if you're, no, that's the Guardians two Ultron talk is nonsense. There's there's but a difference between the moment has passed and oh we look back and this movie was not all that good. If okay. you're comparing the three. Like, Wonder Woman has been the social blockbuster for the the social justice movie. Like, Wonder Woman is the... Don't shit on it like that. It was still a good movie. I'm not shitting on it. It was a good movie, but it has a whole movement behind it. That has nothing to do with it. Wonder Woman is huge. Spider-Man has a ton of buzz. Spider-Man Homecoming, even though the trailers have showed us every frame from the movie I so think far. that we can review. I give it a 7 out of 10 already. Yeah, right. Look, Wonder Woman has had a huge push for a ton of reasons that were unrelated to what happened on screen. Right, but we can Spider-Man we can separate that here at yeah, we can. Spider-Man Podcast. Homecoming, and we did, because we dutifully shat on Wonder Woman just as much as we should on everything else. Spider-Man Homecoming is getting a lot of buzz because it looks like we're finally getting the Spider-Man that we deserve. But, I mean, Guardians was a solid movie. It was good, but it doesn't have... It's not... Guardians of the Galaxy, Star-Lord, Rocket Raccoon, they're not Wonder Woman, Spider-Man. Those are arguably two of the four most famous superheroes ever. Right. And they're getting their own movies. So... You can't compare Star-Lord and Groot and Drax to Wonder Woman and Spider-Man. Yes, I can. You can't. I can do whatever I want. That's You know what? That's true. Matt can do whatever he wants because at some point I'm going to use that same excuse. Okay. Listen, you're at the end of the day, you still need to have substance. And if Wonder Woman was Suicide Squad again... It wouldn't matter who was backing it, what social justice warriors were backing it. It wouldn't matter. It has to be a good movie. It was really good. It was really good, and it deserves everything that it's getting. If it wasn't good, um, people, 
then it wouldn't be weird that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 would be better than it. I mean, like that, the, the popularity of these characters has nothing to do with the quality of the movies. Right. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 shouldn't do better than Wonder Woman. Well, it wasn't as good as Wonder Woman. In some I, I don't think that, like, here's the thing. At the beginning of the summer, I don't think it was out of the range of possibility that Guardians, judging from what Guardians did the last time out as an unknown quantity, and coming into this summer as possibly one of the more hyped and more anticipated by the general movie-going public movies, it's not out of the range to of possibilities that it could have exceeded what Wonder Woman did. It just happened to be a less lesser of a movie, slightly lesser of a movie than what Wonder Woman was. But I don't think that, like, I haven't heard any retrospective tales of, well, now that I think about it, Guardians of the Galaxy was uh, hunk of shit, or I didn't well, like it I don't it know if they're much. quite saying that, but sometimes it's well, a... Who, who is this they? Uh, Even a more important the question. The internet. What... Well, why are, what's the fucking point? Why are we talking about Guardians' relationship to Wonder Woman and Spider-Man compared to Black Panther? What I'm, where, I, where, what are you getting at? What I was getting at, you mentioned Guardians, and I was just... I felt like I've been noticing uh, from comment sections online, the general vibe on Guardians 2 is definitely coming down from what it was when it was first released. You know, sometimes it takes a while to, to get there, uh, I remember Spider-Man 3 was reviewed really favorably, and people liked that when they first saw it. And then years later, or maybe even just did months we later... All, did we like this? Spider-Man 3, whenever we first I, saw well, it? I thought it was like weird. Collectively, I, I don't know. I thought it was a little bit strange, but I thought it was pretty good. It, I, you know, and The more I thought about it and the more I've seen it, the more flaws you really see in it. But... Um, it it got good reviews at first. It it did, and and I, I don't think right. that Guardians um, is in the okay. same camp so, as Spider Man. All right, the, the, the re- regardless, Guardians came out hot. Reviews Lusty. reviews were less favorable as it as it went on. How does this relate to Black Panther? I it doesn't. We didn't really get into the Black Panther topic. I said, oh, speaking of Guardians, have you noticed? Last I checked, Paul, this was a freestyle episode. Pretty That's sure true, your big your fat face. mouth said that at the start of the show. He can do what he wants. But hey, if freestyle. you want, if you want to stay strictly on topic and and forego the freestyle nature of this podcast, we could do that. Whatever you want, buddy. Freestyle topics, not freestyle. No one. <laughs> freestyle topics while putting need, rules on freestyling we still need to make sense but like freestyle so, no, within so, the lanes no, no, no. so what happened is I was like yeah I'm not all that hot on Black Panther and Matt was like well Guardian sucks after months of its being out but how does okay. that relate to me not doesn't, being excited about doesn't, Black Panther so just what was your point there really wasn't one. It was just like, hey, have you guys noticed this about Guardians? I was just trying to freestyle. I'm sorry for misinterpreting what freestyle means. I will try to stay within the structure that you oh, deem appropriate oh, for freestyling podcasts. All right. So, yeah, uh, I guess I guess people aren't crazy about Guardians all that much. Do you much. think that this, but Matt, what, do how, you does think, that, how does that relate to Black Panther? Matt, do you think this is a trend of superhero movies that is going downwards? 
It can't be no, because not necessarily. Wonder Woman is a big bump, right. and there's there is hype I on Spider-Man. Like people are excited for next week. It looks really good. I think people Mixed are kind of like where we are, generally speaking, where we're a little bit burned out on the quote Marvel formula. You know, it, like you can only do it so many times until it becomes kind of boring. And Guardians. While it had a lot of crazy, funny things to it, and it had a really big heart, which I really liked, it still generally followed the Marvel formula, and Wonder Woman didn't exactly do that, and I think that was kind of a breath of fresh air. Uh, I don't think Spider-Man looks like it's going to, but I don't want to talk about that, because I feel like that's just deviating too much from... The strict topic at hand, which is the Black yeah, Panther I don't know. trailer. Marvel, or, or uh, Spider-Man, seems like it's going directly with the Marvel formula. And I think that the thing that differentiated Wonder Woman so much is the iconic, iconic nature of that character subverting some of the known tropes of superhero film. But then it still fell into a lot of the DC or big budget Hollywood blockbuster movie uh, po- uh, like pitfalls that come along with superhero movies. Like yeah. it still had a big giant concrete fight at the end, yeah. and like there were there were still problems that happened with Wonder Woman. It's not free of the the things that happened to these movies. And Spider Man, I think we all can see. I mean, it's not doing anything different. Like, that looks like a Marvel movie. We, we can tell from the trailers. It, well, yeah, it does. Uh, although, from what I've heard in the sense that I get, uh, the stakes seem to be smaller. The scope of it seems to be smaller, which makes it a, a cool. more like character-esque t- kind of story. Whereas, like, when you think of a Marvel movie, the stakes are always... It's either the world, the galaxy, or the universe that's at stake. And this, I agree with that. you know, maybe it's just Spider-Man needs to protect his family from Vulture. I but know. still, like, Marvel has differentiated from that with with something like Ant-Man. It's not every Marvel movie. Yeah, it's not. It's not. That's true. Line with that. So, from the Black Panther trailer, what are the stakes of Black Panther? Is I, he trying to save the country of Wakanda? Is he trying to defend a portion of Wakanda from one man? Hidden. I have no Is idea. Is it... Does it wind up being global? I, th- I feel like Matt just hit it is probably the hidden nature of Wakanda. I'm glad that we don't know, blow for blow, what Black Panther is all about because I think that's one of the um, the terrible things that we've seen over the past few years from trailers and the movie industry in general is that us uh, moviegoers know what to expect and have baked in anticipation about the step-by-step nature of each film. Yeah, they reveal way too much. You know what? Can, I'm, can, can I just go off the rails just a Absolutely. little bit, Paul? Uh, I was reading recently great. that... Freestyle, baby! Uh, Star Wars. We, we've kind of been waiting for a new trailer. I think the first one we saw was in April or March. And we haven't, we haven't gotten anything by now... This time for the uh, Force Awakens, I think we would have had two trailers by now. Maybe even a behind-the-scenes thing. Um, the maybe word, an Omaze. The yeah, right. Trailer. The word is that uh, at that D twenty three thing, we're gonna get a behind-the-scenes thing, and is that then late July, it middle July, and then we're not gonna get a full trailer until like October. 
What are they doing with Han Solo now that it's... I know we're supposed to be talking about Ian, how dare you? How dare you? But... They fired the directors. Like, I understand that. But shouldn't we... Shouldn't we be getting some kind of... Some kind of peak inside at this point? I mean, is it... Well, here's what's going to happen, Like, eight months away or something like that? I don't think it is. I I think... It's supposed to come out in May, but it won't. I, I think... I would put money on the fact that it will not come out in May. How dare you point at me like I'm a betting man? Push back. I think it's going to be pushed With Ron Howard at the helm. Experienced director, knows what he's doing. Here's my prediction. He can't make that date? No, I don't think so because I think the movie was wildly different than what they wanted it to be based on the fact that they fired the directors with so little time left in shooting it. I heard that the lead, I forget what his name is. Um, Alden Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich. I heard Boy, today, is that a is that a today that he Third was, Reich name have I ever heard was, <laughs> Alden Third Reich was doing <laughs> a they they said Matt, hey, you just said Alden Ehrenreich hates his co-star in this movie. Who's oh. his co-star? The black guy? Wait, first of all, uh, Donald Glover, he has a name. Donald Glover. <laughs> the black guy. <laughs> well, for the listeners that don't know Donald Glover is a black guy, that's why Alden Ehrenreich hates him, because he's not part of the Third Reich. Anyway, uh, Alden Ehrenreich is doing a Han Solo that is closer to Ace Ventura pet detective? That's what I that, heard. And, uh, yeah, and like that's the rumor that's is insane. the rumor is he was doing some shit at you know at the request of the directors that he was kind of like should I be doing this? So apparently he reached out to the producer and this is all you know nobody really knows but the producer was like let's look at some of this shit and they saw the footage they didn't like where it was going and. I guess they had to talk with the directors, and they were like, "You guys are done." It's like that. That reasoning seems weird to me because I've seen Alden Ehrenreich in was that movie Strange Creatures about like some magicians in New Orleans. I have only Something seen creatures. him in Hail Caesar playing a bad actor. So oh, I shit. I don't know. If he's a good actor or not, he was he was good in the creatures movie, which was bad overall. Yeah, like I thought he was the highlight of it, but he was also playing a character that was pretty stoic. Um, he didn't really have a lot of range of emotion, but what he was playing was solid. I don't think he was the right guy for Han Solo. I wanted that to go to. Baby Drivers Ansel Elgord. That's so because he was dressed like Han Solo in the movie. He was, and, movie, and it was he totally amazing. was, and I, I loved it. Uh, so like, oh, it, it's surprising to me that like they're busting old Aaron Wright's balls for being too silly. Like, it's surprising to me that they fired the di- driver to be too. Silly. They directed. They fired the directors. Like that's the thing that surprised me. You know what these dudes do. This is the way that they make... What do they their, do? What are they famous for? They're famous for the Lego movie, um, the Jump Street... Uh, 21, 21 Jump, Jump Street. Street movies. They are famous for wacky comedies. And that's what you hired. That does that's not what they seem were like a match for Han Solo. 
Like dial back, like Han Solo does have comedic elements to him, but he's I sarcastic. think that you can pull. He's not that, a comedic character. You They're, can pull that stuff out of him from a different director. Yeah, it, yeah. I, it just seemed like a, an odd match. But with that said, I think unanimously we kind of don't even feel this movie should have ever been made. Is that see? Well, no, I I disagree with that. I think that there is. Some there the bones of a movie that I would be really excited for are in there, like mm-hmm. a prequel to I don't even want to say prequel, an origin story of Han Solo and mm-hmm. Lando's relationship. Like that's the movie that I want to see. Mm-hmm. Han Solo, Lando, their relationship, the Millennium Falcon. Like that's what I want to see. This doesn't seem like that's what is going to be on screen. So we don't we don't know anything about. Plot. That could exactly be what that movie is, but from a, uh, a Will Ferrell perspective. Huh? What? Yeah, I and mean, like we don't know what the plot is. It could be the evolution of Han and Lando's relationship. Oh, you're from, saying like, but this but movie from is a step comedy. Yeah. Yeah. From okay. a comedy perspective. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know. I was trying yeah. to think of the uh, step. Dad with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. I couldn't remember the name of that. What's that? Daddy's name? Home or something. Daddy's Home. Yeah, they're making a second one of those. Did you see the trailer for that? The trailer looks uh, better than it should. <laughs> when <laughs> when John Lithgow showed up and kissed Will Ferrell on the yeah! lips, I laughed yes! out loud. I did too. Because uh, Mel Gibson shows yeah. up as Mark Damn Wahlberg's it. dad, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be goofy I, because I like everyone's that. gonna everyone's gonna be like, oh, this guy hates the Jews. But then John Lithgow shows up and they kiss on the mouth, and I was in. Yeah. From that point, I was all in. I started thinking, because um, I heard that, uh, what is it, the house is kind of, it's okay, it's not great. Yes. Uh, you That's saw true. it? Yeah. Um, and I thought, man, you know what Will Ferrell needs to do to really, like, be back? Elf 2. That it's just waiting to be made. I don't think that Will Ferrell really ever went anywhere. I, like, I know the house. But... It, like even if it's not as great as everybody thinks it should be, Will Ferrell has done some pretty awesome <laughs> stuff. Yeah. He did the second Anchorman that was that everybody really liked. Step Brothers is a fucking classic. Like yeah, here's a quick review of the house. I I like all of the principal players but they need to stop treating this like it's a day of hanging out with your buddies. Mm-hmm. Because there's a handful of lines in this movie delivered by Amy Poehler, Will Ferrell, even our beloved Jason Manzoukas. Don't you fucking slight the the Zooks. I hate, I hate slighting the Zooks. Everybody. Like, I love seeing Nick Kroll show up and uh, Rob Hubel, but it's, it's like playtime on set. It doesn't have the... Like, something like Elf. Elf feels like a movie. That's why Elf is so successful. Because it's not, hey, me and my buddies are going to get together and have fun on the movie set. Like, Elf feels like a, a legitimate movie. But there are clearly there are clearly lines in the house where you're like, oh, this cracked everybody up on set. So they use that. They use that line. Right. Like, it just doesn't feel like well, a professional movie. From what I understand about the way that, uh, is it Chris Lord and Tim Miller, is that who is, yes. are making, that were making Han Solo, uh, the, the school of 
directing that they're from is sort of like a, a freestyle, if you will. They they throw out <laughs> lines. So they'll throw out lines and say, oh, here's, here's a one-liner here and here's a one-liner there. And then the actors will like latch onto it and throw it out and do it. So it's it's very, if you will, freestyle. Oh, 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 appropriate. So for tonight's episode. are we gonna get fucking here's, fired tonight? Here's, here's something that I was thinking about since those guys got fired from uh, Star Wars. They have fired a lot of people that they've hired to make these new Star Wars movies. Okay, let me let me run through the list for you, Paul. First one to get fired was Michael Arndt, the guy that they hired to write. <clears throat> Uh, episode seven. Um, I think he was like hand. The Force by... Awakens for those mathematically challenged. Yeah, but that was before it was called The Force Awakens. So who knows what it would have been called if Michael Arndt had continued to write it? But oh, I think the, the Arndt show. He was developing George Lucas's idea before J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan kind of teamed up and came up with the story for that. Then um, they start making the spinoff movie. No, before that happened, they went ahead and they. They fired uh, Josh Trank. Fan- Fantastic Fours, Josh Trank. From um, directing The Force from, Awakens? No, from directing the second Star Wars spinoff, which is now a Han Solo movie. But at that time, I believe it was going to be either a Bounty Hunter or a Boba Fett movie. So he gets fired. Then they start making Rogue One. There's trouble... Uh, on the set and they had to um, bring in I guess a second director or something to work with Gareth Edwards to finish that they didn't fire Gareth Edwards because I think he kind of cooperated with things he wasn't like well we have creative differences he was like I want to be on this movie so whatever you guys have to do I need good press right so and I think it worked out for him in the long run you know he did the right thing I'm in SAG I need good press right so uh, but what also happened was they got rid of um, what was his name uh, on Anders Desplat or whatever the 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 um, Anders the guy that wrote the score Anders? he got fired and then they hired Michael Giacchino to come in and finish the score to write the score he had like a month or some insane amount of time to do the the entire score for Rogue One. For Rogue One. Well, it seems like Lucasfilm and Disney has an idea that they want to go take these properties and inject them with new and edgy directors. But whenever they get those new and edgy directors or creators on and start doing their thing, yeah. it's not to the liking of what or the standard There's a, of what yeah. Lucas well, here's, has. Yeah, no, that, okay, this also no, no. isn't... This will be quick. Yeah. This also isn't your grandfather's Star Wars. This isn't George Lucas saying, I'm doing everything. John Williams is doing the music. Let's go. Like, there are multiple hands in the pie at this point. Right, but they want a consistency yeah, they with still, it. So they still want a classic feel to it. Yeah, right? uh, absolutely. So, which is... Well, like, which I understand... I'm on board for that, but, like, I mean, George Lucas was, like, he was the son of that universe. Right. So, there was one guy making all the decisions mm-hmm. for the original trilogy with some, you know, some help until he decided Gary Kurtz overstepped his bounds and he was out. Um, 
That's the, not true. For Harry the, Kurtz left. The prequels, George Lucas, blanket say on what happened. But now it's like, yeah, Kathleen Kennedy is the overseer, but she's got bosses. So like, I think that was totally on her to fire pretty yeah, much I, all these I, people. I feel like there, she is the boss that's making that call. Yeah, there, but there, there are more hands in the pot because Disney right, is not... Because there's multiple Disney's directors. Not, oh, Star Wars goes from George Lucas to Walt Disney. Star Wars goes from George Lucas to a corporation. And now there's there's a lot more levels to go through. All those Star Wars movies have gone from the smoothly greased wheels of the Marvel Studios universe to the Warner Brothers nightmare. So yeah, there's going to be a lot more decisions. This isn't but, surprising I mean, to me. Like, is it has it I has it been surprising. a nightmare so far though? Well, because the like of firing, not sure. not in the finished product. That's what I'm saying. Like Rogue One, we all loved it. Yeah, we like, did. It was and not a cool the, movie. The finished product hasn't been a nightmare, but there have been way like until we've talked about this over the last couple weeks. There have been way more behind the scenes moves and drama than I thought there were. Yeah, like, but I mean, like the dude who's finishing up the Last Jedi, like he has, he wrote and directed it, and that, that shit's smooth. going fucking smooth as hell. So. Like I don't know. I and mean, it's not everybody. Has there, yeah, it's not everybody. It's it's not the complete and utter train wreck that Warner Brothers is. But but also, how, like, how often did we hear this through the first six Star Wars movies? Not through the first three because none, there was no internet. It's, it's it's like it's unfair because even with the prequels, the internet isn't the same beast that it is now. Um, my point would be that Gareth Edwards, the director of Rogue One, he had like a small movie and then he stepped up a little bigger to Godzilla and then went huge to Star Wars, where I feel like Ryan Johnson has of uh, Last Jedi, he's done some stuff and, and, Ryan, and worked his way. Ryan Johnson. Yeah, that's Ryan Johnson. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Brian. Um, he's he's worked his way through the Hollywood Studios system, and he did Looper, which was a uh, pretty. I never saw Looper. I, I like you wouldn't like it. It's like oh. time travel and alternate okay. dimension stuff. Oh, like what if the Last Jedi like turns into that? So here's the thing, though. I think Star Wars needs to maintain a consistent tone. What? Were we, were we done with Black Panther? Yeah, we are. Let's it's freestyle. Let's just keep going. Let's so, talk Star Wars. I think Star Wars needs to maintain a consistent tone, and they've done a really good job with that. I think J.J. Abrams was a really good choice for a director. Not sure if he was a great choice for the story, but that's besides the point. Because um, he's cut from the same cloth as like a Steven Spielberg, who would be perfect making a Star Wars movie. And and you know when they were first talking about director ideas, I think. Um, the guy that, that directed Elf. Um, help me out. What's his name? Um, who the fuck knows who directed Elf? It, he was in... Um, what else did he direct? Can you help us? Iron Man? Um, John uh, that's John Favreau. John Favreau. John Favreau directed Elf? Yeah. Oh, so dummy. It, I thought that like he would be a really good uh, director for Star Wars. Very classic. No, doesn't do anything like over the top or anything. Just knows how to tell like good stories. And... That's why I kind of feel like going in a direction like a Josh Trank 
just never made sense or definitely not a Lord and Miller. Like when they hired Ron Howard to come in and finish Han Solo or what I suspect redo Han Solo, I think it, first of all, I think the internet was completely in support of the decision. Everyone's like, oh, well, of course, this guy is totally right for Star Wars. It kind of, it's so obvious sometimes. You don't have to try to be clever or creative or cutting edge when the answer can be so obvious. Ron Howard's an old hand at the Lucasfilm brand. He is the director of Willow, which is a classic piece of Lucasfilm art, I feel. Do you like Willow? I fucking love Willow. I dressed up as uh, General Kale for Halloween. That's amazing. I love Willow as well. I fell down somebody's driveway because the helmet that I had was too unwieldy for my like ten year old body. But, I'm gonna yeah. That can I, that can I say something controversial? Absolutely. Uh, I kind of don't want to say it right now because um, you you can hang on to uh, you can hang on to while we talk about Willow in general for a while. Well, like I love it. I love Mad Mardigan. I love the world that they built. I do too. It. Did you know? that they made a trilogy of books that take place after Willow. I think that you've told me this before, but I never read the, any of the them. The trilogy you know? of books is called The Shadow War. Uh-huh. And the first book is called Shadow Moon, the second one's called Shadow Dawn, and the third one's called Shadow Star. And they basically follow Willow's further adventures after some kind of cataclysmic event. I don't know what happens. I think they call it the cataclysm. Yeah. And basically everybody dies. Matt Mardigan's dead. Sorge is dead. Willow's wife, Kaya, is dead. It's unfortunate because guess what? What? Spoilers. Willow is the least interesting character of Willow. Well, is he? Did you like... Did you like him? Did I you just, like Willow? I, I, I didn't did. like... I don't Matt know how Mardigan I is like Matt who you ride with. Right. Like, that's Matt Mardigan is the best part of the movie. Yeah. I realize that. But... I think I just didn't like his fingers because I felt like they were too long. <laughs> okay. So, okay. You know what I'm talking about. They yeah, were yeah, very yeah. large hands for such a small guy. Yeah. So, Willow, I think... Okay, so in, in the in the book series, he, he's the surviving person and uh, Alora Dannon still lives but right. she's like 13 years old and she's kind of a spoiled brat Okay, even though she's the one that was prophesized to kind of I don't know bring balance to, to the, the force. force and so I guess Laura Dannon is the Anakin Laura Laura Danikin anyway oh look out now so uh, and then also Willow has a new look I guess he has a beard now and it's been a long time it's been a long time and he goes by the name Thorn and by now he's we don't like Thorn we want to call him Willow he thinks he's too rad Thorn get the fuck out of here and he's he's I guess a very accomplished sorcerer Mm -hmm. but I tried to read this book and I I know Paul is a is a very dedicated and and unwavering book reader. He'll read the compendium of Edgar Allan Poe, even though he hates it, but he will keep reading. He'll read I feel like Stoker, Bram Stoker's a, Dracula. Um, I did. Uh, and and that, was good, that was good right up until the end. Hmm. But Chris Claremont, on the other hand, is a totally different animal. Chris Claremont wrote the Shadow War book series with story by George Lucas. And he adapted the 
didn't he adapt the film for I don't think he had anything to do with the film but I could be wrong you could look that up you have the means but I thought he did a comic book version possibly go ahead and look it up of what but anyway he did do this book series Chris Claremont right I've tried probably when I first got the the first book I think it was back in 1994 or something I remember I was on Christmas break and I was reading a comic book and there was an ad for it in one of the comic books and I was like holy fucking shit they made a book sequel I was like mom we have to go to the bookstore it was Christmas vacation I have Christmas money I need this book and I got it and I got like 20 pages in and I'm like I don't know what I'm reading I'm losing focus <laughs> every page it was so painful and maybe I was just too young and stupid and couldn't comprehend it yet I've tried probably nothing's five or changed. six times nothing's changed I might even be dumber I've tried to go back five or six times to read this book and I can't do it well he's Chris Claremont is very confusing I he want likes Paul to, to read it and then layer. and then tell me like yeah. I'll sit I'll sit around the fire with Paul and he'll tell me the story bring it I'll do it oh you gotta read all three yeah, absolutely. Well, well, I, I probably will because I'm a completionist. So yes. uh, I feel anyway, like there was something in there that you wanted to mention. There was. I wanted to mention something kind of controversial. Sword and sorcery, Willow, you know, mm-hmm. um, magic, all that great stuff. I think Willow is the better movie over the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, I, I, I like I like that story. I like I, there's a simplicity to it. Maybe I'd be better comparing it to um, the Hobbit. Maybe that would be a more fair comparison. Uh, I prefer it over the Hobbit. I just do. Maybe over the Hobbit. I like the world but better. Like definitely not over the Lord of the Rings. There's, there's no there's so no many moving ca- parts. I know, I know, I know. But there's no character like Mad Mardigan, and he brings so much to that movie. He's so good. Love it. Uh well, oh yeah, isn't isn't Aragorn Mad Martian? Not with the Mel Kilmer late eighties swagger. Isn't Aragorn Mad Martian without the humor? He's Mad Martian after he's, he's been like like Mad Martian when you when <laughs> when he's like call Martigan Potter's uncle. <laughs> he's mild Martigan. Is that what he is? Like he's after, like Matt Bargain still like he's got the juice while he's in the cage still, but you know, he Aragorn's been ranging for so long. He's just bark. He's, he's flying around. He's, he's done dead inside. He's, he's, he is. He's, he is Zack Snyder's Superman. Exactly. So they're sure there's a comparison, but Matt Bargain is greater than. Aragorn. Oh yeah, and I'm not. I'm all on board with. Um, like I, I'm I'm mostly on board with Matt's bold statement that Willow's better than Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. But because I haven't seen Willow in a long time, I also know that Matt is. Matt's a big fan of cauterized storytelling. <laughs> So, is that a thing? Like cauterized storytelling? Yeah, tell me what that is. That, is that like something that people... Compressed storytelling. Matt likes a story in an hour and a half. Cut it out. Cut the rest of it off. He's done. Burn the stump. Get everything in in an hour and a half to two hours. Matt's good. 
I haven't seen Willow in a long time. I don't think Willow is better than Fellowship of the Ring. But I think it's Fellowship better of than Ring, any of those so good. Hobbit movies. Even though it doesn't have a... Even though it isn't the end of the story. I also think, even though I haven't seen it in a long time, Willow is better than the, any of the three Hobbit movies or the three Hobbit movies as a whole. Right. Uh, I'm a big fan of iconic moments, and I can remember... like. I can picture as Mad Mardigan finally gets a sword and cuts his way. They're on top of the snowy hilltop, and he cuts his way out of the tent, and he fucking has a sword. And you're like, man, I've been hearing about this cat have a sword for like 30 minutes now. Yep. And he finally fucking has it. And tears some shit up and rides a toboggan. And you had that, that wonderful music that plays with it when he does mm-hmm. it by, um, who is the writer of the music? James Horner. Who I believe crashed an airplane, killed himself by accident. Absolutely. Two episodes, first time the word toboggan has been said on the podcast. Really? How dare us? But yeah, he rides a toboggan with Willow. What's yeah, the and then he falls off and he turns into a human snowball. Amazing. We need uh-huh. to have All Willow active. Yeah, and did that ever happen to Aragorn? An exhaust field trip to the living room for Willow? Yes, please. It's I have it. We could watch it tonight. That sounds wonderful. What, what, are, what are we freestyling into next? So, I have no idea. What else what are we, we going to talk about? Baby, baby well, Driver? Baby Driver? Yeah, Marvel you want to do Baby Driver? What do you, what, what you want to do, Matt? Uh, Marvel Legacy and then Baby Driver. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Marvel Legacy sounds like it's going to be more Marvel. The only exciting thing, Matt, you told us earlier is that they're going to kill Jane Foster. Uh, yeah, they've revealed the death like of that. Thor, of the mighty that. Thor. We... We're to assume that that's what happens. Uh, I don't know if that really wants to What if they kill... uh, What's Thor's... David Davidson? What's his name? Donald Blake? Donald Blake. Close. David Davidson? Pete Davidson? There is one D. Uh, Yeah, like... I don't know, man. I want to get some Marvel books, but... Nothing. Nothing that they're doing is making me want to get Marvel books. The Marvel book I was most excited about, they canceled. Which they, one? Nova. Oh. They did a great uh, nine-issue run of Nova, mm-hmm. bringing back Richard Ryder. And the they board. got nine issues in before a new number one? That, I think wow, that was Marvel. The, I think that was the plan. Right. Funny. That's a fucking uh, record for them over the last ten years. I think that was, that was the plan. They were going to do nine issues. Just so so that we can reintroduce Rich Rider, hold on to the Rich Rider license, blah, blah, blah. It was probably some bullshit, but god damn was the book good. The art was good. The story was good. Uh, the way they handled the Nova Corps, World Mine, oh, such a great book. But they're done because, hey, now we got the license for a few more years. Let's move on to Diverse Heroes. Yeah. Richard Rider's white. Sam Alexander's white, fuck him, but he's young, so we'll only fuck him a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I've been reading Guardians. Uh, Jerry Dugan on Jerry Dugan's writing it. Uh, uh, Aaron Aaron Cuter's drawing it. It's been a solid book. It is. It is the continuation of Guardians of the Galaxy two. Mm-hmm. It's the same tone. Uh, Jerry Dugan knows how to write Chris Pratt and Bradley Cooper 
and Zoe Saldana and Dave Bautista. It, it, if, if you want... It, it, like, every time a big movie comes out, the comic book version is like, hey, 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 here's Iron Man. Here's Batman 2. Like, here's... We got we got your comic book equivalent right here. It's, it's the same thing. What you saw on screen, it's the same. This is the uh, Jerry Dugan written Guardians of the Galaxy... I think it's on episode. I think episode. I think it's on issue three now. Mm-hmm. It is the continuation of the movie universe. The tones are the same. The voices are the same. The art, same. Like so, if you're a big Guardians movie fan, go buy Guardians the comic because that's what you're gonna get. Uh, part of me dies inside a little bit. That. They're shifting in this direction. It's not the Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning, classic, more ballsy, more character-driven, more iconic versions of these characters. That That's shit. I, it's more, good. Is it really more iconic if the the masses know Star-Lord as Chris Pratt? Zinger, buddy. You got me. You're right. Maybe, I did. Maybe not. I did. <laughs> I win. Yeah, I yeah. win. You know, cheers to you, Pally Pal. So, like Marvel, Marvel has nothing to offer me right now. They they cut Nova. Uh, Guardians. Guardians is solid. I'm enjoying Guardians, but mm-hmm. that's. I mean, every like I want to. I want to get more Marvel. I want to like Marvel. I like those characters, but they're not giving me the characters that I want. So, Legacy, Matt, do you want to get Legacy books? No, there's nothing that they've announced that interests me. I think it's going to be more of the same. Uh, I think Marvel's in trouble, honestly. Like, I, I realize their sales are still pretty strong. But they are declining, and you can only continue to do this for so long. Plus, the superhero movie genre is eventually going to dry up. I mean, like, it's going to happen. Like, yeah, Westerns eventually, like, weren't a thing anymore. It will eventually happen. True. And then unless be they're, something else. In, unless they're smart about how they're going to change the genre up and sort of fuse superhero tropes into regular or, or tried and true other movie uh, genres. Superheroes aren't a genre like Westerns. Westerns had a window like late 50s early 70s and then they were done mm-hmm. but we've been seeing superhero movies now from what? the late 70s Superman the movie to be honest yeah late 70s up till now and they haven't really stopped granted they've only been really good since Blade but we've been getting superhero movies from 77 all the way through like yeah they They've especially in this been Superman and Batman movies, but they've still been superhero movies. Especially and now we're getting a wider range, we're getting better storytelling, we're getting more diverse storytelling. Like we're getting a Wonder Woman franchise that's going to be a franchise. We're we're in the day and age of the tried and true um, intellectual property where everything that people want to see on the screen is something that you want to have some kind of association with or you want to have a book or a character that you can go back to or you want to have, especially for uh, studios, a baked-in audience that they're going to come out and you can 
depend on that audience to make their way to the theaters so that you have those dollars already built into your budget and nothing's better than the superhero the the amount of the amount of stories that you have with superhero comics and the audience that and passion that show up at the theater and taking the amount of stories to be told with these characters superman's been around since 1938 we've been telling superman stories since 1938 and they're still telling new Superman stories this isn't uh, everything under the sun is going to dry up there's going to be new ways new versions, new iterations of these stories to like tell. who thought that Guardians was going to be such a big hit yeah, like we all sat here and kind of scoffed at it whenever it was going to come out in August it was going to be a late August movie and we we're like ah none of them Matt you and I don't even like that that uh comic book Paul you you're really space we don't like oh we don't like I don't like comic book space comic book space uh, is garbage comic book space yeah. it is the richest soil for comic book storytelling Unless actually, they, but, actually but nothing can grow that like to fill space with space actually unless nothing can unless grow unless you're Batman or Superman then don't fucking give me comic book spacers or, or Hal Jordan please keep Hal Jordan on I know. That goes right against I your uh, space is the most fertile soil. All the other, all those other bullshit Green Lanterns, send them into space. Keep Hal Jordan on Earth. Where it's good. Where the America. good... America! <laughs> so anyway, I think that... I do think that Marvel Legacy is going to... I especially think if this lets readers down, if this doesn't live up to the hype that you know they're, they're billing it to have... That's going to be really disastrous if they ever try anything again. The next event, the well, next thing. Well, they are going to try. <laughs> like, right, if they, they ever try any of their well, tricks again. Like, this is one of their tricks. Like, right. They're definitely going to do it again. But next time, they're going to have to really get may, back to basics. Well, maybe they should really do it then. But it looks like they're not really going to. We don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see, but all indications are they're not going to. I mean... Characters that we were told will be returning don't seem to be the main characters in their books with these relaunches, and it's just weird. We'll see. So I'm not amped for it at all. At, at this point, like, like Marvel's been trying to push stuff on us that no one seems to really want. It doesn't seem to be selling well, so the proof will have to be in the pudding at this point. Right. Like, unless you're a complete Marvel zombie that's just going to jump onto these books and buy whatever they're pushing out, they're going to have to really give us a good product. I think this is the first time in a long time that Marvel's kind of been hitting the wallet, that they've been down on the map a little bit because they've been... They're hitting the wall. Well, they're hitting the wallet because... Fall they, on their wallet. Fall on their wallet? What, what, who's wallet on their are they ass? Hitting? They are be they They've are been being hitting our they, wallet. They years. are be they have been hit in their corporate wallet by us, the comic book buying public, uh, because for the, the past couple wallet. because the past couple of months I, they I have apologize. been down. Do you understand what I'm saying? I apologize you know I'm saying? if I said that in straight up Pittsburghies and said corporate wallet. Corporate, corporate wallet. I believe it's pronounced corporate wallet. 
not corporate wallet. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That yeah, Marvel is losing money because we aren't buying their books. So because of this and DC's rebirth has seen has has reaped the benefits of doing an actual um, going back to basics approach. It seems like they're trying, yeah. at least trying, we don't know until approach for DC. Until we actually read it, we don't really know. Um, so we'll have to see. But it does seem Same like there creators is creators like Dan Slott still writing Spider Man and that's been terrible for a decade. Truth. It seems like they're at least recognizing that comic fans want to to see more of the things that they're that they're familiar with yeah. and go back to a simpler time. So we all, we'll see. We'll see. When is um, this going to start, Matt? It's going to start in September with the Marvel Legacy uh, number one. I think it's called. Um, it's absolutely number one. Like I think that's the big kickoff. Um, just sure Marvel Legacy number amazing one. Amazing Spider-Man number six hundred something, but it's oh, going to be amazing number one. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be in September. So Matt, are you're you seem pretty down on this? I am. Is uh, there anything that you're going to buy, or are there any books? And what are you currently buying? I'll likely I'll likely check some of them out just because I. I love the characters. I just I don't like the leadership at the company. I don't like the way that the characters are written. Mm -hmm. But these characters are so important to my my childhood and my formative years that I I just don't feel like I ever can abandon them completely. So I'm always gonna like have to peek and check and see if like they got any better. I don't expect them to have, but we'll see. Uh, what am I reading now? Um, well, I have some new Valiant books that I'm excited about reading this summer. It looks like Valiant's got some good stuff going on. I decided that I think Valiant is my favorite superhero universe. Uh, I feel like it's probably the, the tightest because it's the smallest and it's the easiest to kind of like rein everything in and connect mm -hmm. and everything. So, um, I, Although I was thinking, like, why doesn't Valiant have a... Uh, like a Spider-Man type of character, or like that street-level type of character. I thought you didn't like that kind of stuff. Whenever they do, like um, like the amalgam versions. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, uh, Supreme Power okay. and stuff like that. Uh, well, I mean, Savage Dragon's filled with those, and I like Savage Dragon, so to a degree, I guess I, I don't mind it too bad. That gets a pass. It's one of your favorite creators from one of your favorite right. nostalgic. Brands. Well, what's funny is too I, when I was reading that, I didn't realize all the. The characters that were in those books were essentially rip-offs of, like, well-established characters. Like Mighty Man, for example, is Shazam. Uh, it's just, you know. Kill Cat is Batman. Who? So they don't have a... They don't have, like, a street-level character. Like, I don't mean Spider-Man necessarily. I mean, they don't isn't, have a Batman, Spider-Man, Daredevil. Is, I thought Ninjak was Spider-Man. He's probably the closest or thing. Ninjak was Batman. Ninjak is, is probably a cross between Batman James Bond and, like, and, and Daredevil-ish. Like no, Nin, Ninjak is, is a cross between James Bond and Snake Eyes. Ninjak doesn't have like weird radar powers. He's just he's a he's super a skilled. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying like a ninja, like Daredevil is a ninja. Yeah, Ninjak is a ninja. So yeah. is ba so Batman is also a ninja. Why right. are we talking like this? Is that how we just talking? Now we are robots. 
Yeah, like not like uh, I thought Ninjak was Batman, the Batman of that universe. They're both street level characters, yeah, yeah. even though DC's always like, put Batman in space, he's gonna solve all the space stuff because it's Batman. Because he's Batman. a space space bat. He's a space character. Because you know what? They're responding well, to that fringe space are, um, contingent from DC that's like, I can't get enough space stuff. Are, it's the fucking best. Who are Valiant's um was it Archer and Armstrong? Are one of aren't those guys street level kind of earth guys? Kinda. Yeah, well uh Archer But they're is, old. Well Archer's uh, not. Archer's very young. Uh Armstrong the is wears like, a, ancient. Wears a uh Sam Jackson hat. Yeah, well, he wrote Sam Jackangle, I believe, is the name right. of it. Didn't think of the name of it. A Sam Jackson head. Aren't those like pussy exercises? But you know what, motherfucker? You knew exactly what hat I was talking about. <laughs> is that's? <laughs> I forget what that's called. Yeah, um, those are called Kegel exercises. Oh. There we go. Well, From and the expert that does them every night. And apparently, they have a hat for it as well. So. That's great. Do, yeah, doesn't Armstrong wear a Kegel hat? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Sam Jackson does. How dare you? Me. Paul, did you see the movie Baby Driver? I did see the movie Baby Driver. I kind of mush-mouthed that out of my mouth when I said that. I don't think um, you did. You were, you, you were all in. You were all in. I, thanks. You didn't overly Pittsburghese the, it. The ta- well, I didn't Pittsburghese it, but well, I... Did you I, go down there? You say that, Baby Driver? Out. So, Baby Driver... Ian, you saw it, right? Oh, yeah. We, we all saw, saw it I separately. Saw it this wasn't a McSauce field trip. We all because saw it over Matt a, a two-day span. has consistently been down on it so I didn't think that he wanted to go see it my, so I, my, I didn't invite him to see it my suspicion is I also didn't invite him to see it because he's been hammering it from the get go my suspicion is that Matt is such a cinephile he's seen everything else offered at the cinema Baby Driver was his last resort for seeing the movie and he begrudgingly was like oh, I guess I'll see Baby Do you genuinely think that? Do you think that he honestly saw the Pirates movie or the Transformer movie or do you no, think Matt so? Matt just likes movies and he wanted to see a movie so right? That's right. Yeah. I was off work. It was the middle of the day. Yeah. I needed my popcorn fix so Baby Driver. And Cinemark has the best popcorn of the theater franchises. Uh, yeah the franchises. There's some good Smaller franchises, or not franchises, but smaller independent popcorn theaters that have popcorn. Really? It's all in the it's oil. Really? It's all in the oil. Everyone oh, okay. knows that. Anyway, let's do Baby Driver. Let's do the movie. Let's actually do that. What did we think about the movie? Paul, did you like this movie? Because you were excited to see this movie. Uh, I would have given this movie an 8. And I came away with a 10. Woo! 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 Do you I, hear that, everybody? Please, I, please. Wow! Timestamp it. Paul McGinty, a ten. This that isn't I, a Star Wars movie because we all get a pass. You know, Star Wars. Yeah, we all get tens. I love this fucking movie. Like it, it delivered You're a maniac on. Oh, fuck you, maniac. Yeah, I'm a maniac. I give it a maniac ten. This movie delivered on... You know how everything. we do Crazy 8s? Maniac ends. Yeah, right. <laughs> this movie delivered on everything I wanted it to, to deliver on, and it gave me even more than that. 
Because it was not the movie that the trailers made it out to be. I disagree it was exactly with that. the movie. I think that, that the it, trailers made it yes. out to be. Oh, really? I but think more. Than oh, okay. That. I'll let Crazy Tens talk about how what passionate you, he was. What? I what felt like they. I felt like they. The trailers made it seem like it had more comedic beats to it. Whereas I think the story was a bit more serious than it actually. I think it was, like it was going to be humorous, but I thought that it portrayed quirky characters more. Like, like in the trailers, it looked like quirkiness, not funny. So Matt, you thought when in the trailer when Kevin Spacey tells Ansel Elgort, "I'm going to break your legs and kill everyone you care about," that was a comedic beat. Yeah, that was the one. That that specific one. Because that was dead fucking serious and that's exactly that was the combo of the movie because you get weird stuff from John Bernthal and then you get that like this movie delivered exactly what no, what I'm talking about projected. where I think the beats the comedic beats for the sequence when they have the Mike Myers mask and they're talking about oh Jason the way that that was cut that they made that seem like it was a much funnier moment in the movie whereas it's kind of exactly it actually, the same way though no, I didn't yeah. think so I felt like it it didn't have nearly like that kind of like comedic beat to it. Certainly had beat to it because the whole movie was, you know. The beats. Yeah, the beats. The movie was a playlist. It was, and you hate that. Not usually a fan. So, what? why was it so Maniac 10? It gave me more than I expected from this movie, and I expected a lot. I went in hyped. I went in excited. Mm -hmm. Everything I saw in the trailers is what I thought I was going to get from this movie. Mm -hmm. And I got that, and I got even more emotional beats on top of the stuff that the trailers gave me. Mm -hmm. So, it was, like, I loved every bit of it. Is it your favorite movie you ever saw? No. That you ever saw? Empire Strikes Back is probably still going to be favorite movie I've ever saw. It's a 10, dude. It's a 10. Empire Strikes Back is dead. But that all doesn't right. mean that it's we don't, the we don't best do movie of all decimals. time. No, we don't. You, get, you need to make the hard decision between round numbers. Okay. I'm going to give Baby Driver a 10. I fucking love this movie. Yeah, no, I wanted to see this movie again the day later, but my company wouldn't let me. Someone... They all hold them back. They're said, like, no, we're going to see like, the house. No. So you need to see the house. You can't go see a movie that moved you on a deep, heartfelt, emotional lever. Time out, oh, dickhead. That made you cry like, you wanted to see the, the house, so Someone, stop Everybody that. else was like, nope, you need to see the house, because we're all going to see the house. And the house was good. Zooks was good. Love Jason Manzoukas. Solid movie. But Baby Driver, holy shit. Ian, what did you think of Baby Driver? I, I would give it a nine. I really liked it. It was a stylish movie that had a... It, like a, a heart it had a lot of great memorable characters that I'm going to remember for years and years and years it had a pared down story it was low stakes but stakes that you really cared about you knew where everybody was baby from. wasn't saving New York from the Chitauri that's that's absolutely correct and it was just wanted to get away with this girl it was a very direct narrative that I think everybody can get behind. And like I said, the, my favorite thing about it was that you could tell that the director had an artistic flair. He had style. Um, just from the immediate, like the first 
section of the movie where he's he's baby's dancing around and he's got the headphones on and he's just like kind of having fun with everything even though like there's there's some serious weight to being a driver of a getaway car it was it was really cool um i i just really really was um impressed with baby driver matt what did you think about it two now now that we've attacked you thoroughly what about uh john bernthal what, what? Thought that he was underutilized. I, I mean, you don't not, put him in. Not the, enough, John Bernthal. Yeah, like you, you put him in as one of the people in the um, commercial, yeah. and then he's only in ten minutes of the movie. Five. That's that's being generous. Five yeah. minutes, maybe. Yeah. The opening scene. I, I think he was definitely underutilized. Yeah, I thought for sure he would make a return, and he never did. And I thought his line where he was like, "If you ever see me again." Next time you see me, I'll be dead, or something like that. Isn't that a Jamie Foxx line? John Bernthal said that as he was getting off the elevator, and that was the uh, last time we ever saw him. Oh, I thought uh, I thought you were referencing whenever the dude was like, um, have I seen you before? And he's like, no, no, yeah. because you'd be dead. Um, I think uh, this movie kind of reminded me of some stuff from like the, uh, the 90s that was pretty cool. Um, like... True Romance. Um, there was a movie called California with um, Brad, Brad Pitt and, and David Duchovny, I believe. Uh, it just kind of had that sort of a kind of a crime feel to it, where like bad shit was just going down, and you were like, "Well, I kind of like this character, but what's going to happen to him? Because like, how do you get out of this?" Kind of the same thing with like Christian Slater and True Romance. All oh, he's killing people, bad things are happening. He's like, he, how's he gonna make it through this? And he ends up in Mexico in that one. Spoilers. Oh, I'm sorry. The movie came out in 1993. Uh, this one, um, I I like the characters. I thought it was good. I thought that the uh, the big the big. Um, it was a bit of a one-trick pony with the, the music syncing up with the action on the screen, and it was relentless. It, I don't think there was ever a moment that didn't have the playlist playing. And it, it was like, that was the whole movie, the entire thing. Even the beats and the music match up with the gunshots. Even, yeah, even the gunshots match and up I with was the like, beats, which I thought was really cool. It was, it was, to me, just a step or two left of being a musical, and... You're a, you're a maniac. I, no one sang. No one sang, but people danced to the music. They in, danced in to one it. Scene. And they shot guns to the music. Well, goddamn, did we watch Baby Driver or Hamilton? I, there was guns shooting and dancing. B- Baby Hamilton, actually. Well, first is what of all, it should have been called. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was. Paul, don't get upset because you gave a ten to a musical. No, that's on I'm you, not. buddy. I'm not. I, th- I think you're. I think that's. I think. I like musicals too. Exists. Nightmare Before Christmas. I give that a ten. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get what you're saying. I don't think. I think there are probably other criticisms I, you should have. Then this was a musical. I the gunshots matched up. Some of the gunshots matched up with the beats, and there was one scene of someone dancing to music. When the movie starts, you know, the big the big getaway chase. And then he goes and he dances to getting coffee, right? 
Right. Or right. The, was it the other yeah. one? Yeah. Okay. No, that's it. Right. Yeah. I really like that opening chase. I thought, this is amazing car stuff, and this is, like, great, like, you know, like, I feel like this is probably the coolest car chase stuff, like, ever. Would you say that was the action highlight of the movie? Yeah, by far. I agree with you. I think the opening chase scene was the fucking best. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate scene. that the the finale didn't come close to as cool as the opening was because I think they tried to get a little too cute with some of the shit that was going on, like the switching of cars and and like the. Uh, it, I felt like John Hamm going after him, like fucking Terminator, toward the end was a little bit comical, but not intentionally so. Uh, I, but I don't think it's out of the realm of that character that they like the the buddy character seemed to be like somebody that we've all met before that has this real nice endearing side where he's listening to the tunes with baby and he's trying to like match up with him but if you take away some of the things that he loved like the one thing that he loves he just flips and turns into that homicidal maniac. Yeah, yeah. I think we've all seen dangerous people like that, and those are the kinds of people the big, I think that... The big action scene in the beginning is the perfect setup for the movie because we don't know any of the characters yet. We are being led into the movie by the action. We're not on Baby's side. We're not on Buddy's side. We're not on Kevin Spacey's side. We are just big... Right out of the gate, big car action. But by the time you get to the later car scenes, when he's with the Jamie Foxx crew, and they steal the armored car money, like by then you have a sense of who these characters are, so you can sympathize with Baby when there's a specific shot through Baby's driver's side window, where the the cameras line up, you see Baby, and out out the out through the window you see. Jamie Foxx punch one of the guards and he lands on the ground. And Baby purposefully drives the car forward so he can't see that. And then for the end of the heist, he backs up the car to pick up the the rest of his heist crew and the guy's dead on the ground. And you see Baby like, oh shit. Because he didn't want to be privy to all that unnecessary violence. Mm -hmm. So the all the big action in the beginning is great, but by the time you get to the middle heist and then you get to all the action in the end, you don't... I I didn't care about all the heist stuff. I didn't care about the flashy cars, the fancy action. I was invested in Baby. I was invested in Deborah, And even in, in Buddy and Kevin Spacey. Like, I knew who these characters were. It's all point. the emotional it, weight. It, it enriched the rest of the movie. I didn't need big action blowouts. Mm -hmm. I was invested in the characters. I agree, but they tried to make the finale, I think, even bigger than the cool chase at the beginning. Like it, and it, it just wasn't as good. But that happens, I think, a lot of the time. Whereas, like the earlier action is kind of like cooler than the finale. You know, like Gladiator, the opening battle in that movie is like the coolest part of well, the movie. Like, um, you saw Creed, right? The first fight in Creed is better than the second fight. But shouldn't Creed. you care more about? Shouldn't you care more about Adonis Creed 
the character than yeah, yeah. I'm was just cool. Uh, this is, I'm just pointing out that that's what happened. The emotional weight always carries the day in the well, right. well, second. Yeah, right. But that, but it just that like isn't in Rocky Four? Isn't the Apollo Creed fight at the beginning where he dies? Cooler than Rocky actually winning. But that highlights what no. Matt looks for in a movie. I like that. And what it's I cool. look for in a movie. No, it doesn't. Uh, no, you're no. you're misconstruing. No, you're okay. absolutely misconstruing right. what I'm saying. I do care about the emotional weight in the characters, and I think that you're totally wrong. So you think that. Edgar it Wright just, didn't handle the characters properly nope, nope, nope. by you're the end of this movie? You're, you're completely, completely... Huh. Uh, misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm just that was an aspect of the movie that I noticed. The opening action was cooler than like the finale. Character stuff was okay. I don't understand why all of a sudden Kevin Spacey's gonna give up his life for baby. That didn't make any sense. But because it's never it's never clear that he is the bad guy. It seemed pretty clear to me the and way he's he also was. Saving he's his like baby. You thought you thought we were. We were done. We're just even. You're not. You're not done. Yeah, because he thinks he's got this young kid under his thumb. Maybe. Maybe right. he's. Maybe he's once again evening. By the end. Right. Maybe sure. he's once again like evening the table because he feels some kind of guilt and that character has some brand of compassion. Well, I guess that's you're just we're, gonna have to. Uh, I mean, that's what we learned by that. Huh? That's what we learned from that actual scene that he does that and sacrifices himself, Matt. Yeah, this That's what we learned by watching why, what why happens on the film, why man. Do this is why, do why did I do that? This is what the Everybody story talks. tells us. I'm just telling you what what happened. I know what happened. He why did, did he do that? Why did, it, because he's a compassionate character. It's in, it's in Because he has some kind of mm-hmm. like affection for Baby because I've been in love before, which is what he says in the movie. Watch it. It's inferred from the trailers that Kevin Spacey is the big bad. And that and throughout the entire movie it's inferred that Kevin Spacey is going to be the big bad. And he threatens Baby throughout. Mm-hmm. But the whole time Baby's never completely put off by Kevin Spacey. He's always like he's he's always like, Yeah, you're right, I'm in, we're gonna do this. So it's not completely insane when Kevin Spacey at the very end turns around and was like, "All right, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna see this through with you. I'm gonna take your side. Give my life, so I can." He help didn't you. intend to give his life. It wasn't he thought he a was life possibly scenario. Win, it but was, he did. I'm gonna give you your tape. I'm gonna take this money, and I'm gonna get out of here. And then it, and then at the end, Buddy shows up in the cop car, and then everything goes to shit. But when Kevin Spacey decides he's going to help Baby, it's, in his mind, it's, you're going to get your tape, I'm going to get my money, we're all going to get out of this parking garage. Okay. Maybe. Tell us, tell us what's no, different no, no. than Let's, the exact way I just told you the plot and script of the movie. Matt, just tell us what you thought about the movie. I think it was a seven, maybe. Um, Seven's pretty high. Seven's, Seven's an good. entertaining good. movie yeah. that we liked. I, I originally when I left, I was like, ah, it's a six. And then like I thought about it a little bit more. I the the one trick pony nature of like the music meshing with it, all the action on the screen and how constant it was. I almost felt like like baby with this like humming constantly. There was never 
a moment to breathe and get away from the playlist. So I just, I felt like it was, I was kind of beholden to Edgar Wright's taste in music as opposed to like, just letting the story tell the story instead of the music constantly. I think the music's a gigantic part of the movie. It's obviously and a gigantic part. Edgar Wright not... wanted you to be consumed in the movie, not only to be listening to the right. blaring music, but the silence of Baby dealing with his foster no parent. Silence. Like his, Whenever he's talking to his foster parent, there's not a lot of music or anything it going works. on. Like, it so works. there is silence and calm and loud and all of that it's all meshed i together. agree with our good friend wayne wilson uh guest on the podcast fan of the podcast wherever he made whose whose initial whose initial review was i thought the music could have been more than just b-sides it could have been more songs we knew and i get it it could have been more relatable songs but whatever the songs were it played so well later on when buddy shoots out beside both of baby's ears and cuts off his hearing for a good portion of the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. So that we're getting all of this soundtrack up until then. We're getting baby's soundtrack. Even when there's quiet scenes with other people talking, you get baby's soundtrack in the background. It's such a powerful impact at the end when after that, baby's trying to get up, save Deborah, and it's silence. All you hear are the silent footfalls of Buddy and Deborah struggling. Yeah, the 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 audible mix throughout is really really great because there there are whenever Baby's taking a or somebody's taking an earphone out, it drops out in the theater. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. like the mix is some of it was in, like in actually in part. the movie. Some of it was yeah. like kind of the, the soundtrack. But, but like a lot of it was like the theater experience where like things were dropping out and pushing mm -hmm. up through it. Like I thought it was a completely engrossing and enriching and, and like all-encompassing experience. I would have preferred to have recognized all of the songs and jammed out to all of those songs, just like Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, you can jam out now. But you know now. Baby Driver has turned me on to a handful of other artists that I wasn't aware of before. So I'm gonna go look some stuff up. Well, there you go. And check out some songs, and it was a, a more enriching experience. I loved this fucking movie. Does anyone else have any other thoughts? Any any freestyle thoughts? You want to talk about Tony Hawk? You want to talk about any freestyle thoughts? That's gonna do it for episode 202. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Cassell. We'll see you next time.